Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. And jump straight into what I want to share today. Lord, we thank you today that you're with us and you're walking us through this season and you're growing us and shaping us in in all sorts of ways. And we pray today that you would speak to us. We ask that your word would sharpen us. And Holy Spirit, we invite you even into our lounge rooms, living rooms, bedrooms, cars, wherever we're watching from. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us Open our hearts to receive what you want to speak to us this morning in spirit and in truth and through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to continue a little bit on from last week I spoke about awakening. And so I've called this awakening part two. And I'm thinking the whole month of June I might speak on awakening. And so that will be part three and four over the next couple of Sundays because I felt like it would be a good thing to remind us of and to dig into prior to even coming back together, that we explore this topic of awakening uh, during June, just prior to us opening up again. Last week, I um, put out there uh, some questions and ideas about what is awakening and what does it look like. And so this week, I've been reading for some reason, Psalm 77, for quite some time, it it was actually coming up on my phone and it was stuck there and it's quite a long uh, chapter. So I was actually reading it over the course of a few days and then rereading it. Um, And I realized something about this particular passage, Psalm 77, and that is that it really is talking about awakening. And I, I was looking at it, reading through it and looking at the theme coming out of that And because it's quite long, we haven't got a slide for all of it, but um, get your iPads, Bibles, whatever you've got. uh, Turn to Psalm 77. I'm reading from the NIV and I'm going to read the whole thing because I want to group it in a couple of sections. um, uh, And then we'll explore that a little bit together in in the topic of awakening. And it says, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretch out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned, I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favour again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And this is a really interesting part of this passage. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. 
What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs the miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. And this, this passage, I believe, is a great encouragement for us right now in this season. Verses 1 through to 9 is really the cry. It's the cry of the people of God saying, Remember this, God. We're not seeing what we're hoping for, but we're groaning, we're praying, we're, we're crying out to you. And we can remember back in the former days when you were doing stuff where maybe you were first saved or you first got filled with the Spirit or first had an experience of the Spirit or saw signs and wonders or had the joy of worship and, and all these things in, in the former days. This is what the psalmist is crying out for in, in their distress. They're crying out for the God who did those things in the former days. And I believe this is the stage we are in right now. I have had the privilege in the last few weeks and months, um, even during this time where we haven't been able to meet together, I've still been in contact with a lot of other leaders and a couple of the senior leaders. I've specifically asked this question. Are you seeing the things of God, the miracles of God, the things poured out in his spirit, A, in the way you want to, and B, in the way you used to. And I can think of three or four at least decent senior leaders who are respected, who have all been honest with me, and I won't name their names because they might not appreciate it, who have actually said, like I have said, I am not seeing these things the way I want to. I am not seeing God move the way I desire. I'm not seeing God do what he used to do. And sometimes that might be a shameful thing to admit. You know, we're not seeing the miracles, the outpouring of the spirit, the, the tangible presence of God like we used to see. And we might even feel like we should still uh, beat it up a little bit and, and promote it like God still is moving in that same way. Well, I'm going to call it today and say he's not. And some of you might think, wow, that's a harsh thing to say. Well, let's explore that a little bit because the psalmist agrees with me here by saying, I'm not seeing the things like I was in the former years. Remember, God, those things of the former years, those miracles, those outpourings, those touches, those, those breakthroughs, those salvations and those moments with God. I'm not seeing those things, but I believe we can take a lesson from this. And the first thing is to to realize that we might be in a dry season. I don't know where you're at this morning, but you might be in a season where you've done so many years of church, where you've done so many years of your devotions and seeking God, downloading new albums and doing all the Christian rituals that we do. And you might still not be in the place of joy and flourishing and lightness that you actually want deep in your spirit. If you were to get really, really honest with your own spirit, maybe not with anyone else, but just with you and God, and you actually ask that question, am I in the place where I want to be with God? Am I in that place of joy? Do I enjoy God's presence or is it routine? Do I enjoy reading his word or is it boring and confusing and just dry? 
Am I in that place? And I think this is a really, really healthy question to ask. It's June, it's midwinter, we've got shorter days, we've got heaps of rain, uh, which is incredible for us on a farm, but it can be depressing sometimes. But spiritually, we can also recognize we might be in a dry season. Now, maybe you're not, and that's amazing, that's great, and, and, and I congratulate you. But many may find themselves in that place, or many may just not be where they were in the former days. And that's what I want to stir up even today. Where were you in your former days with the Lord? Where were you in your former days of, of worship and prayer and seeking after God and intimacy with Him? Because the first stage, I believe, of, of awakening is realizing that we're dry. Because if we don't realize that we're in a dry season or in a desert or in a valley or whatever you want to call it, then we can't really take any steps forward. And so for me, that's, that's what I'm asking the Lord. I am not seeing in my life the things of God that I want to see. I'm not seeing the things of God of even former years. God was pouring out from 94 onwards through the Toronto Blessing, an amazing move of God that touched almost all of the corners of the earth. Uh, and it was very, very unique. It was very controversial and it was, you know, it was fraught with danger, but ultimately Holy Spirit was moving very powerfully. And there was a season there where it was so spontaneous uh, and so contagious that anyone who went to any church who had an outpouring of the Spirit would go back and pretty much they would release the same presence of God in that place. And, and during that, you can look at that and you see, wow, the sovereign move of God was very, very powerful. The issue is, what do we do when we're not in that season? First thing is, I think it's important to recognize that we're not in that season. And so we do that today and I'm doing that today and just recognizing uh, I am not in that season myself. And then the next step, is really, really important. And that is to go to verse 10 and realize that the psalmist was crying out for a powerful move of God. The psalmist was hungry for something that he'd had in his former life. The psalmist was hungry for something of God. And so he says, then I thought to this, I will appeal. What's he, what's he doing? He's appealing to the nature of God. He's appealing to the goodness of God. He's appealing to the sovereignty of God. He's appealing to the God who moved in the past. He's appealing to the God who he knows his heart is to pour something out. He knows his heart is to do something unique. And so we can actually see here that the psalmist knows something of God. And do you know what? We do too. Even in this season now, we know our God is a God who wants to move. We know our God is a God who's all-powerful, all-knowing, and He wants to move. He wants to use you and He wants to use me, and He wants to move in the earth. If we've ever needed a move of God, and I know everyone says this, and you can say this every week of every year for the rest of eternity, and that is if we've ever needed a move of God, it's right now. It's an interesting thing that when we see so many protests happening all around the world, when we see so many things happening all around the world, and we actually realize, wow, this stuff is just contagious overnight. 
all cities in, in nations that maybe not even affected in certain ways with some of the reasons for these protests, they're still jumping on. How much more then can God use those same things, social media and things, to bring about a move of God, to save a nation in a day? God will use all of those same things that the enemy might be using now for his greater purposes. And so we can see how he is working even in this stuff right now. And so we can actually ask the Lord, God, you did it then, do it again. And even if we can't believe for a nation, or we can't believe for a city, then we can at least believe for ourselves. Because this is where the rubber hits the road. It's all good to pray for an awakening across a city or a church or leaders. But what about ourselves? What about an awakening in me? What about an awakening in me? So the psalmist in verse 10, then I thought to this, I will appeal to the goodness of God, to the power of God. The years when the Most High stretched out his hand. I remember the deeds of the Lord. I remember your miracles of long ago. I'll consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. And this is sometimes what we've got to do. Look back to when you were saved. Look back to when you got rescued out of darkness. Look back to when you had your sin washed off your life by the blood of Jesus. Look back to when he healed you. Look back to when... Maybe when he touched you and he brought fresh presence of God into your life and the Holy Spirit was real and vibrant. Sometimes going back and remembering those things and we don't stay in yesterday's era. We don't say, oh, we want, we want to, to live like we used to. No, we look forward and we say, God, we, we know your heart is to move again. We know your heart is to save the lost. We know your heart is to do big things. Here's one of the keys that I have found when I'm praying in the mornings, I'm looking out and funnily enough, I look out at our farm and amazing grass and trees and kangaroos and everything. But there's one thing that stands out to me. It's our rainwater tank. I love our rainwater tank. And um, it's got about 100,000 litres storage in this thing and it's full. Praise God, it's absolutely full. And, uh, but God's taught me something about looking at this rainwater tank. And, and that is that I am very particular on making sure that our gutters are clear, that I'm prepared for the coming rain, uh, even days in advance, a week in advance if I can, I'm out there checking the levels, I'm checking, uh, we have a pre-tank and I'm making sure that's clear and clean so that I can get as much water in that as I can and then refill into the big tank and looking at volumes. And, and this has taught me a really important spiritual lesson and that is that even if you can't see the rainwater coming out, we need to be filling up our tank. And interestingly enough, and we're lucky enough to have had enough rain here in Adelaide, which is just a blessing from God, we're now in a situation where it's overflowing. But it's overflowing because the tank is full. If we overflow and we give out and we speak and we prophesy and the tank isn't full, it's empty. It's meaningless. It will not last. It is dry. People won't listen. They won't want to drink it because it's empty, empty, empty. And I think that it's possible it's possible that we have been in a season, even as the church, where some of our water is dry. Some of our words are empty. And you know what? This is when I fall back onto the sovereignty of God because we've tried everything we can. We've tried everything. We're still trying things and we will keep still trying things. We'll do everything we can to expand the kingdom of God and tell people about Jesus. And, but ultimately, all of that stuff, just like I read out a whole list last week, all of our ways and our techniques of seeing God move, 
all fall short other than a sovereign move of God. I want to dig into a, a prophecy of a great man, Smith Wigglesworth, he gave just before he died in 1947, a few years after the Second World War, he gave this prophecy publicly and you can read a transcript of it online. I haven't got the link for you, sorry, but I'm sure you can find it. It was given in 1947 anyway. Uh, and in that prophecy, he says a lot. He says a lot about two moves of God and, and one could say they, they potentially have taken place. But he doesn't give any dates or times or anything like that. But he does say one thing, that there will be a great move of God. Uh, and by the way, I don't put prophecy above scripture. So this is still subject to scripture and, and it's still subject to the fact that a man only and a woman only prophesy in part and know in part. So it, it's not something we can bank our lives on. But we put it in line with other prophetic words and we, we put it there and we have a look at it, we assess it, we judge it, we critique it and we pray it. And so uh, then he says that preceding a great move of God that will be greater than the Wesleyan uh, move of God, which is really a great awakening, and the Welsh revival, which was an incredible revival in Wales and beyond, he said it will be greater than that. A key part of that in launching that will be when the word and the spirit merge together. What he meant by that is the people who focus on the word, which are typically evangelical conservatives, and when spirit people, when that moves together and there's a merging together, then there will be a great move of God that will surpass the other two great moves of God that he, he named there. And this is phenomenal because the Wesleyan move uh, birthed the Methodist church uh, or Uniting Church as we know it here and, and, and was a great move of God right around the world, a, a great awakening so much so. And so we can actually see, wow, if there's truth in this, God is planning something. And whatever you're going through today, God is planning something for you. He's planning something. It might be that you need to fill your tank. It might need that you need to seek God in this hour and we have even a few weeks before we meet together to begin to fill our tank afresh. And I know a lot of you have been doing this. A lot of you have been doing this and seeking God and doing some great things. But I want to encourage you in spirit, soul and body, take, use the next three weeks uniquely, uniquely to focus in and say, Lord, what in the spirit can I be doing to fill my tank? What in my body can I be doing to fill my tank? And, and what uh, uh, in my soul can I be asking the Lord for forgiveness and freshness and, and breaking loose of any chains, any inhibitions uh, that have held me back? And so we want to ask the Lord to fill that rainwater tank so that we can also say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to appeal to you for a great awakening in me. Because do you know what? The greatest awakening that ever happens is you and me becoming born again so that we have eternal life with Jesus Christ and others having that same experience. I think sometimes when we look at an outpouring or an awakening and a revival, we look more to, and, and I am absolutely in this boat where I've done this over years of reading and researching and hungering after a move of God. I've got more excited, if I'm truly honest, about all the stuff and the gatherings uh, and the actual manifestation of God's presence release because it's powerful when he does that and it's very exciting than I have actually about the fruit of it, the fruit of it, people getting saved, people coming to know Jesus en masse or in, even in few numbers. And so this is what we ask the Lord, Lord, do this again, do this again. And what do we do? We appeal to his nature. 
We appeal to the goodness of God. We appeal to the power of God. And so we can actually say, Lord, remember when you did it. Remember when you did it in my life. Remember when you did that. Well, then do it again. Because do you know what? Sometimes he just needs to be reminded. We can see all throughout, particularly in the Old Testament, we can see people appealing to the nature of God and then him responding. Maybe he's waiting for you to appeal to him. Maybe he's waiting for us to appeal to him in a fresh new way. And you don't even have to have a good language paraphernalia. You might not even know what to say, but just maybe your spirit will cry out to his spirit. Deep cries out to deep. That's what the Bible calls it. And so, uh, and even in verse six, it says here, I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked the following. And so it might be that you don't have the words. It might be that you're confused, you're depressed, you're in a dark place. Maybe you're sick of church. Maybe you're sick of Christians. Maybe you're sick of God. It doesn't really matter. He's not sick of you. He's appealing to you today, even through me, Come back to me. Come back to me. Begin to enliven your spirit. Maybe it's not enough to do other things that others are doing, or maybe it is. Then let your spirit cry out to him. Let your spirit cry out for more, because God is the God of more. He doesn't want less. He doesn't even just want the same move of yesteryear. He wants a fresh new move, and, and, and it may look completely different. I'm sure it will look completely different. However, we can appeal to his nature, and that is God, stir us as a people. Stir me again as a son or a daughter of the living God, because in and of my flesh, I might feel lazy or bored or tired or weary or just, just bored with all this Christian stuff, but I know my God, and I know you are good, and I know you're powerful, and you know what? That's enough. If you do not know Jesus and you're listening to me this morning or you're watching this back, then I appeal to you, give your life to Jesus. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want to live for you. I believe in you. I believe you died for my sin. Wash me clean of all my sin. I come clean today and I want to live for you for the rest of my life. I want to spend eternity with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. You say those words, you say that prayer, and you are connected with Jesus in a way you've never been before. And you, then you begin to live out, you begin to read his word, you get truth and life, you live differently, you seek after truth, not lies, you seek after purity, uh, not darkness, and, and, it, and it changes everything. Or maybe you found yourself as a Christian, you've been a Christian a long, long time. And if you get really honest with yourself, you're just bored. You're just bored, you're bored of the routine. You're bored of putting on a plastic face, even at church. Hello, hello, how are you? Pat's on the back. How's everyone going? And you, you get in your car and you cry because you're just so bored. Or you just get in your car and drive off to Macca's because there's more comfort in Macca's fries. They're very nice, I know that. But there's more comfort in that stuff than there is even in the house of God. I want to say to you, there's only one remedy for that problem and it's called an awakening of the Spirit of God in your spirit. And so I want to appeal to you today, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, allow the Holy Spirit, let your spirit, let your deep cry out to his deep, because he's a reservoir. He's a rainwater tank so full that the rivers of living water will flow out of him if we will appeal to him. He won't do it just because we're bored. He won't do it just because we're going through a routine and, and we're doing the right things. He loves it when our spirit cries out to his spirit. He loves it when we get so sick of our situation and so bored and so annoyed that we're not, we're not doing the stuff that we know we're called to do, that our spirit begins to cry out. 
and then watch what happens. An awakening within begins. An awakening, a fresh breath of heaven begins in our spirit because we begin reading the word again and we go, wow, I've never seen that before. I've read it a thousand times, but I'm seeing it afresh. Or you put on worship music and it's like, okay, I can worship again. Or you're walking down the street and you see some nature and it's like you've seen it a thousand times, but now you see it differently because God awakens our spirit. I believe that many of us need hundreds of awakenings throughout our life. Hundreds of little awakenings throughout our life and it keeps us strong and it builds our rainwater tanks, it builds our reservoirs so that at the times when it's needed, we can pour out living water. God wants to use you to pour out living water. He doesn't need you bored. He doesn't want you sick of all the routine. He doesn't want you even sick of Christianity and, and all of the Christian speech that we use and even the revival talk and all of these different things that you might be bored of and I am too but that a, a fresh spirit-to-spirit -spirit relationship where we allow God, the sovereign God, our Father in heaven, who loves you, who's desperate to see you reach your full potential and me as well, to allow him to awaken us. And that's what we want to ask through the month of June, that God would awaken us afresh, that he would bring things to life that have been dead, and that he would move away things that don't need to be in our lives, that he'd bring a strength and a resilience to you and to me that maybe we've never had before, and that we may truly believe again. I believe that there's many Christians that have lost hope in a move of God, or they've lost hope, they've got so frustrated, and, and if I'm getting really honest with you, if we were editing this, I'd probably edit this out, but it's live. So here I go. I have got disillusioned with the amount of prophets and prophecies that go around the world today, unchecked. More often than not, they are nice feelings, not spirit cutting edge words. What I mean by that is they're so generic in nature, they could apply to anyone and anything on the earth that of course they are gonna mean something to the a billion people that might see that word. But it, it, it's not the sharp prophetic word that's going to make the world stand up and take notice. It's not the sharp prophetic word that we can even measure because I can give a prophetic word even over the camera today. I, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this, and it may be right for some. And I'm not saying people who do that are wrong, but here's the thing. It's not shaking the world, it's not waking us up. And there's so much of it that, that it, it, it's, there's so much gray as to whether it's prophetic or whether it's nice feeling or whether it's soul or whether it's spirit. And sometimes the line is crossing over much, much. We want the spirit. You want the spirit. We want the real thing. And to have an awakening of God, we need the spirit of God, not just souls of men and women sharing good things and nice things. We should have a newsletter and an Elijah list of nice things. And then we have one that is sharp words of God that are measured and valued and that we look back in a year's time and say, was that of the Spirit? I'm telling you, when we do this, when we measure things with the Word of God and we get serious about it, that's when we'll see the sharp prophetic coming into fore. And if you're, if you're into the prophetic, I am too. I love it. I love the prophetic and I'm not putting it down. But we, we need the voices of prophetic voices to be very clear and very sharp and distilled down, not a whole lot of pages of stuff, but, but real spirit stuff. And you'll often find there's one line in there where you think, wow, that was anointed. Well, that's the line we need to hear, not all the other stuff. And so 
it's, it's a time where we want to be listening to God and following after him and say, Lord, send your spirit with a new edge, a new edge. And when there's one edge, there's normally two. And that means it will cut things off as well as it will sharpen. And so we've got to be prepared and ready for that. And so the issue is, what if, what if God really does this? What if he really takes over? What if he really does take over social media? And you think of the Jesus people movement of the, of the uh, let's say, 70s. Uh, you think of that, and you think of uh, late 60s and, and 70s. This was a move in California that really did touch the world. No social media, no nothing. Think if God just did a little bit of that in a location, social media would take over the world. Uh, and we would have that kind of thing all over the world. What if God chooses to do that? What if he chooses to take over in certain ways? We're going to hear about it overnight. And so we want to be asking the Lord, Lord, do whatever you want to do in your season, in your time, but fill up my rainwater tank in this season because I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with what I'm seeing. I'm not satisfied with what I'm hearing. This is my heart's cry. I'm not satisfied with just another sermon like I'm giving this morning. I'm not satisfied with just another prophetic word that God might do it here or he might do this. I'm not satisfied with that anymore. I'm sorry. You can keep sending me those words and I love it and thank you for that, but I'm not satisfied with that stuff. I want an awakening in me. I want an awakening in Harvest, our community. And to do that, we recognize first that we're in a place where we have to say, Lord, we're not where we want to be. We're not satisfied with this stuff anymore. We're not satisfied with the normal anymore. We want the God of heaven to shake earth. And so this is going to be the prayer I want to leave with us today, is that we would in the next few weeks spend particular time seeking the Lord to awaken us. And I'm not even talking about awaken the church. Awaken me, me, that's me. And not just Marty Manuel, but you. So in your prayer life, you're asking the Lord, awaken me. Because if a few hundred people will ask the Lord, awaken me, he is sure to respond. He's sure to do something. And so I would ask that even in this season, that you spend more time doing that than you do looking or listening to anyone else or watching any prophetic words as much as I love them. But sometimes there's a time to just bunker down and say, Lord, you speak to us directly. You speak to us. You speak to our heart. And we appeal to the nature of God, just like the psalmist did. Lord, I will appeal to you. You stretched out your mighty hand over the generations in the Jesus People Movement, the Charismatic Movement, Toronto, uh, Brownsville, and you could list off revival or revival just in the last 30 or 40 years. He's done it time and time again. He will do it again. But one of the greatest ones is Awaken Me so that I may have an impact on those people around me. And I'm telling you, when he does that, it doesn't matter whether he's moving all around the world, because if he awakens you, that's, that's what he wants to do. The nature of God is to move and awaken. And so, let's pray together this morning as Harvest Church, people of the southern region of Adelaide or beyond, or wherever you're watching from, awaken us, Lord. Lord, we just prayed this morning that you would hear our heart just like the psalmist of Psalm 77 who says, Lord, we're not in the place where we want to be. We recognize we're dry. We recognize we're sinful. We doubt, we fear, we judge, we criticize, and we, have, we get bored very quickly. We turn aside to other things. We've tried many things. And we, Lord, we ask, 
where we need forgiveness, that you would forgive us as your people. But that you'd also hear our cry and you'd recognise that we want our tank full. We want to be overflowing from a full reservoir. We want to be speaking from a fruitful place. We want to be sharing from an abundance, not from a lack. And so, Lord, in all different locations, as Harvest Church family this morning, we ask you that you would come and awaken us by your mighty spirit. Let your right hand be stretched out upon us as your people and that you would move on us to be dissatisfied with everything else, to be dissatisfied with the former things, to be dissatisfied with how we're currently journeying, but to seek the greater things, the full tanks, not the empty tanks. And whether we get glory or fame or anything, it doesn't matter. In fact, we don't even want that stuff. We just want you, Father. We want you, Father, to come and awaken me. Come and awaken me. Come and awaken all of us watching this morning that you would stir in us a fresh dissatisfaction for the former things and where we currently are and all the different plans and purposes we have for the future. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come. You would come with your fresh breath of heaven, your voice, the power of the Spirit that only you have to come and awaken us and that you would, Lord, shape us and breathe on us and speak to us even in these next few weeks in a way maybe like never before. Speak to us, Father. Speak over us. Speak your words. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and move in our midst. Move in our midst. Put your hand heavy upon us. If there's any in sin today, Lord, that we would repent of that sin. We would let go of that sin. We would ask for the cleansing blood of Jesus to wash us clean and that we would walk free and clean and pure and let your mighty hand be on our right-hand side, that you'd be strong around us. Jesus, I ask that you'd be on our right and on our left, in front and behind, above and below us, that you would surround us fire by night and cloud by day, Lord, that you would surround us as your people and that you would ignite a fresh fire in us, a fresh fire in us, Lord, that only you can ignite. If we ignite it, it only lasts a short while. So we say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit on your harvest people here in Adelaide and anyone else watching, you're welcome to it as well. And Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you and we appeal to your nature today to come and awaken in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we bless you today. We pray you have an amazing week. Be praying, be committed, spirit, soul, and body. Strengthen yourself in all three because you never know when you're going to need it. You're going to need armor. You're going to need strength. You're going to need health and life and freedom from baggage. And these are powerful, powerful keys to seeing an awakening in our lives. And we pray that over you, both from Karen and I. We want to bless you. We thank you all for your, for your faithfulness. And we pray that God's going to begin to do some really amazing things even in the next few weeks in your life and our lives to prepare us of meeting together. We bless you guys.